Motown Megacast. I am one of your three hosts, Alex, and with me, I have Ryan and Paul. I feel like I shouldn't be the one to announce this, actually. Um, yeah, so, so we're all riding a pretty big high right now. As you probably know by now, the Detroit Pistons finally moved up in the draft lottery. They got the number one overall pick. And they're on a clear path to Cade Cunningham. Let's go. I think it finally set in. Because so, I was at work while this happened. And I specifically went to the bathroom at like 8.35 so I can kind of get the results. And I was I was like, holy shit. And it kind of didn't set into me until like five minutes later when I got that notification that Cade Cunningham's only visiting with the Pistons. Yeah, it's when you see oh. like, when you see Woj tweet about it or when you see like... yeah. You know, just like these uh, the, big, the entire, big NBA media guys yeah. talking about the Detroit Pistons and how, when all, you know, Cade Cunningham. The media, the, all yeah. the media. Uh, the eyes haven't been on Detroit in so long. It mm. felt weird, to, like you said, to see Woj and those guys. Like, the NBA has turned to us now. We're the Cade Cunningham guys. Right. That's so sick. The, I, I'm i still at a loss for words a little bit. I remember, um, so probably, like, Five minutes after, like, after it had been announced, I was kind of just, like, <laughs> gathering myself. And then I was thinking, like, I don't even know who the other, like, the other, like, top five, top six teams are. Like, that was, like, was just out of my mind at that yeah, point. Yeah, like, I was entirely on them. No, I, I still cannot believe that after so many years of suffering, not only the Pistons, just the entire, it's like, and all these losing, all these going downs, the Red Wings stayed put for the first time in the draft, like, a Detroit team never wins the lottery, and then finally, like, the draft where it kind of needed to happen for the Pistons, it did. Like, the one draft you would pick, like, this is the draft. This is the fairy tale story. Yeah. For somebody that needed to move up in Detroit sports, it's the Detroit Pistons. Okay, when we're looking at the four teams in Detroit sports right now, since 2008, when the Pistons lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics, it has been a down hill trend for the pistons they have gone to the playoffs like what twice i think they haven't even won a playoff game in those two times not to mention they have been the worst team in detroit during this 13 year span they deserve a break they need a break the tigers have been in the world series the red wings have won playoff rounds the lions have been to the playoffs three times what have the pistons done nothing but now the rebuild is shaping great. People see the Pistons as the next team. Before tonight's lottery, people are seeing the Pistons as the next team to rebuild in Detroit. Now they are a year ahead of their time. Cade Cunningham is going to bring them to the playoffs. Not great, but, you know, 9 or 10 seed. And that's what the Pistons desire. Yeah, I guess when you put it into perspective like that, because I guess the running joke in Detroit is always about the Lions. It's always like, look at what the Lions are doing. And, and if you think about it, I guess I didn't put that in perspective either, just how terrible the Pistons have been. Like, it's been a rough decade going for them. And like you said, like, even the Lions, like, the, the punchline of most national media, like, even they have had better success lately. So it's about it's about time. If there's one franchise in Detroit who needs to enter a new, a new world, it's them. And... I I don't know. I just keep thinking about so ever since Troy Weaver came into town, like it just seems like every single move he's made has kind of like led up to this moment. Like it just, I don't, everything seems like it kind of went perfectly. I, I, it, I am not, I, I think I'm more happy for Troy Weaver than I am anyone else right now. I, anyone. One person I will add, uh, I was talking about this with my roommate earlier. I said, um, imagine how Jeremy Grant feels right now. After, like, having signed with them last year, taking that gamble to become that, like, main guy, you know, playing super well, wanting to be a part of this rebuild, and then next year, you know, he gets to play alongside Cade Cunningham. Yeah, like, that's another good story. I didn't even think of that. It, like, he, he gambled on himself, and this is almost like the fruits of his labor. Yeah, yeah, and it's just such a cool story hearing about, I don't know, like, his connection to Troy Weaver and, and like, their mutual belief in each other. And, you know, it's kind of all just culminated here. And it's just, I don't know, it's really cool to see. And now the Pistons are only one major step away from really completing this rebuild process and making a run for several years in the postseason. Like we see many teams consistently in the postseason, like the Celtics. I'm not saying they're making a championship run, 
but they're only one step away from a consistent postseason team. And that is making a move in free agency to get somebody big. They have the prospects. With Cade Cunningham, that will be essentially compete, complete with the prospects. Now they have to get a good veteran. They have Jeremy Grant, but they need somebody else. They need a superstar. I'm not talking about LeBron. I'm not talking about Curry or anybody. But maybe one of the four folks at the Brooklyn Nets or like Philly. Somebody big to get this team going into the postseason consistently. I don't really agree, I don't think. Uh, I think the main thing with this team now... Like, I agree, actually, with part of what you said. I agree that they need to bring in... I don't. I think superstar is way too high of an ask. Uh, like, I think that's a bit much. That's kind of what you're hoping Cade Cunningham is. Right, I was going to add, like... Yeah. I think if you have an opportunity to draft Cade Cunningham, you kind of proceed, like, you know, just with the understanding that this is probably the main piece you're building around. Like, this yeah. is supposed to be your superstar. Exactly. And, like, and, and how um, just encouraging is it to see guys like Luca and Trey, these young lead guards... Like, bringing their teams into the playoffs, and, you know, you wonder, can Cade Cunningham be the next young yeah. guard to will his team into the playoffs? Yeah, and 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 my thing, to your point, Paul, is, like, like I don't think superstar, but I think, like, at this at this point, this team just needs to develop together. Like, after, after Cade Cunningham's officially on this team, it's just development at this point. I mean, with the way the roster is stacked, you're not, you're not really looking for, for prospects anymore at that point. Like, I you're mean, looking to develop. I'm sure, we'll, you know, we'll take good prospects. But at this point, like, we're not cheering for losing seasons anymore in Detroit, at least with the Pistons. Right. And, like, you know, look at look at what the lineup is going to be um, next to Jeremy Grant. You know, they have Cade Cunningham, probably Killian Hayes, probably Sadiq Bey, probably Isaiah Stewart. Like, that's a super young core to build around. And so I think uh, going forward... I've heard this idea um, tossed around a little bit, especially, like, if the Pistons end up with the lottery luck that we did. Um, so it's there's a good chance that uh, Detroit's going to kind of punt this year's uh, free agency class, just maybe make one or two signings or something, and kind of like defer to the next season because they should have a lot of money at that point, and that will give them you know one season behind uh, a Cade Cunningham-led Cunningham basketball team. I think that's a fantastic idea, yeah, because then you have that one year where you grow together too. And uh, to me, the best case, case scenario here like obviously other than winning like a playoff series like that's to me that's kind of a is just like making it as an eight like as the lowest seed and getting blown out or something like that you know what i mean just learning in the playoffs learning what it's like to be a playoff team or even if you're not a playoff team learn what it's like to be in contention for one and be a team that like is trying to build each other up and not tank there's not even that tank thought in your mind anymore at this point i don't think it's literally like put up or shut up at this point that if you're a prospect with the team like just perform yeah, and I expect to see a similar outcome that we've seen with LaMelo Ball and with Zion Williamson. A team that's close to making the postseason, but they're clearly a big step away from being a huge competitor. Charlotte and New Orleans are a decent ways away from being a top-tier team, but they're almost there. They need one or two more spots. And that's what we're going to see with the Pistons. We're going to see the Pistons shoot up to that New Orleans and Charlotte type of area because they're bringing in Cade Cunningham. Now, can they do what New Orleans and Charlotte have yet to do because they're early? I mean, Zion's in the second year. Uh, Lamelo is in his first year. And they're going to the second or third. Cade's going to be in his first. Who will be the first team to be an actual competitor out of these three can't wait to see i yeah and i think um kind of the most uh exciting aspect of of the pistons like long-term outlook is with with this uh draft pick that they're gonna have uh it seems like the the main core is kind of set in place now you know you have um cade cunningham who like we talked about you know hopefully will be your uh, superstar down the road. Um, Killian Hayes. Um, so it'll, it remains to be seen how the Cunningham-Hayes fit is going to be, you know, like how they're going to distribute kind of like the ball dominance. And I, I don't know. I, I think it'll work well. I think both of them will be able to adapt and 
whether they're sharing the load or one of them gets more, I, I, there, I think there's a good chance that Cade Cunningham is just that guy and you kind of might have to play him on the ball and kind of have Killian learn to play off ball. Yeah, because like you said earlier, they're going to build around Cunningham. Right. That is who they're going to build around. Mm-hmm. You, you build around a first overall pick. That's just what you do. Yeah, yeah. So the, I think they're going to have their, um, their core set and give it a year or two of growth and then try to kind of plug the remaining holes on the roster with some maybe free agency veterans and and go from there you know i think there's just so many ways detroit can go or so many things to look forward to right now that i don't know it's when when was the last time we were this excited about a detroit sports team Uh, yeah this is really unprecedented because like paul was saying earlier like i don't i don't think they're going to be a charlotte next year i don't think they're going to be like or a pelicans next year but I think, like, that's where they're trending for sure. And I think they have the opportunity to. Like, the next couple... Like, we have a team that we can watch, and, and the wins don't make you feel bad. Because, like, with the Lions this past year, past a certain point, you were like, just lose. Even this year, I think I'm going to be kind of like that. Even if I cheer for them in individual games, it's always going to be in the back of my head that it's better if they lose this. Same thing with the Red Wings. Same thing with the Tigers, because Alavila is still there. But with the Pistons, we're going to cheer for every game, and it's going to matter. You know what like. And we're not just watching games to watch it. It's just not... It'll be to see player development and to, like, to see this team grow into one. It's I am so excited for it. And I'm not even a huge Pistons guy. This is, I'm hyped, though. And and the notion that um, the Pistons are, are already, like, past the, uh, this essential, like, the strategy of losing games, like, that, that's just so encouraging. Like, from this point on, you know, we won't see any more seasons where, you know, you're tanking or you're you're trying to better your position for the future you know now everything is like full steam ahead like you're never trying to lose again essentially with this with this current uh regime you know yeah and assuming no injuries take place and the pistons finish below 12th in the east it is a bad sign and it is a sign that the rebuild is failing that is the one thing that we hope doesn't happen. Because right now, we expected the Pistons to do bad this year. We, no one expected the Pistons to do good. The expectation is no longer that. The, expect, the expectation at the, is that they're at least decent, that they're at least competing for the postseason. Whether that's a 10, 11, 12 place in the East, whatever. But if they finish below that, that's a big concern. I think you're setting the wrong fo- I think you're setting the focus on the wrong thing right now. I get what you're saying, and, and that's probably going to be a decent way to judge where where their development is. I think it's a lot more important to just see how they grow and play together. Like, let's say they're not really ever vying for a spot, but they consistently put up a fight every night, and they're consistently like you get those games where Kate Cunningham takes over and looks like a, a star player. If we see those and we don't necessarily buy for a playoff spot, I don't care, and I still think the rebuild's in the right place. I do understand what you're saying because I do think that they should be in contention. Like, if if the players are getting significantly better, I agree. But I don't know. I feel like the focus shouldn't be on results at the end of the year. I think if you're not planning on winning a playoff series, it should be how your players are developing together. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Uh, and another comparison that I like to make, I talked how the Pistons are comparable to the Pelicans and the Hornets right now since they're having the first round pick or the first overall pick this time. But another team to compare them to, I think it's the Atlanta Hawks. You see Trey Young, it that didn't immediately get off the ground. Like it took a few years. But now, even as a five seed, Atlanta can compete against anybody. They're not the best team in the NBA. Even if they win the NBA Finals, I would not say that they are the most talented or best team in the NBA. Okay, that that's a little ridiculous as a five seed. But they can, if they do win the NBA Finals, show that they literally can compete and beat anybody in a short term. Long term, not yet. But they are definitely a year or two away, and I hope that's where the Pistons are trending in a Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young type of area. And... The thing I like about that comparison, actually, is the Hawks were in a pretty similar situation where they kind of surrounded Trey with young guys, you know, like and then plugged some holes uh, a little bit later. And they're not a finished product yet, I don't think. And no, I, think- I, I actually agree with what you said there, Paul. Like, I'm, not, I'm usually, like, if they win the title, they're 
at least one of the best teams or at least the most clutch team i think if they win the title this year it'll be more i don't know it, they're not the most talented team i agree but like so i think it's an apt comparison like they're i don't know they're both kind of trending in that upward way yeah definitely so i'm i'm you know obviously we're all hoping that they can kind of take a similar trajectory as atlanta has um and, and another team that's a pretty popular comparison for what the pistons could be is uh the grizzlies you know like what they did with john oh, and then that is and a, some of the younger uh, yep. pieces around their roster so Maybe we can get a spartan in there next year <laughs> you round it out i that, that. I have a little bit of bias towards the Grizzlies there. I don't lie. I kind of love that comparison. The Grizzlies are my favorite non-Pistons team. Yeah, and, you know, if the Pistons were able to have a Grizzlies-type season, uh, you know, the Grizzlies of last year, that that would just be, you know, perfect, kind of like, you know, everything's on course, you know. Yeah, and I think the good news for the Pistons right now, we're not really seeing any of the top picks failing right now with their teams. The Pelicans aren't failing. The Hornets aren't failing. The Hawks aren't failing. The Grizzlies aren't failing. A lot of these teams are rebuilding the right way. Some slower than the others, but we're not really seeing any busts. Not within the last couple of years, anyways. At at the top pick, okay. We're once you go into like the top five or anything, I don't care. I'm talking about like top one, maybe two, and they're all going in the rebuild area, which makes me have very high hopes for Cade Cunningham because we expect them to go into this area of a Memphis, a New Orleans, a Charlotte, and Atlanta. And if they don't, that'd be very disappointing. Yeah, and I, I just think um, looking at uh, like the current NBA playoffs and how, the level of parity we've seen in the league is just you know so much higher than we've seen in I don't know how long. This is one of the better, like, yeah, I like don't know what, what the a, What a did. time to get a pick like this. Yeah, I, and that and that's exactly it. It's like, you don't have, like, I'm not saying the Pistons are going to be out here a dynasty. Right. But, like, there are a lot of teams on the rise right now, and not there's no one really to dethrone. Like, it's a race to the top. You have, like, I, the Nets aren't going to be a dynasty, I don't think. Like, the Bucks aren't consistent enough to be a dynasty. The Lakers failed to be a dynasty this year you know how to try to try and reinforce that narrative uh i don't know it's really interesting time to see all these teams on the rise and that the pistons are now one of those teams on the rise that's just yeah, insane yeah. to me putting their foot in the door yeah this this is the best the nba has been in a long time i we are officially like out of that cleveland golden state era that was kind of annoying where you had just a dominant team every year and it didn't go away. Now it's gone. And it, I mean, those teams, not really Cleveland, Golden State could come back to a form of their former prime. But right now, that isn't the talk in the room. And what a time for the NBA. Everything's competitive. It's not like the best team is guaranteed to win, guaranteed to make the finals. Look at the Nets. They have Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Blake Griffin. And they got knocked out in the Eastern Conference semis. All that talent. But there's so much talent all around the NBA that so many teams can compete against that. That's what's spectacular. Because four or five years ago, you had a team like the Nets with all that talent. There are a lot to make the NBA Finals essentially at least the eastern conference finals now not so much can we talk about how fun these, these playoffs have been like as an end as a guy who's never i don't think like i i always follow most sports like tournaments and stuff like that at least the major ones just because it's entertaining i like being in the in the know of that but this is the one where i've actually watched like multiple games of and i do not watch nba games often i do not like the nba that much but these playoffs have been super fun like catch me tuning into the to the Bucks and Nets series. I watched way too many of. Them. I'm watching way more of those than I'm willing to admit. Like that was a that was a fun series. I I really like that mostly because I'm one of the guys who wants to see Brooklyn fail, and that made me very very happy. Paul just pounded pounded my fist here. He agrees, but yeah, it's been it's been a great series. Same with the NHL. That the, both of these leagues right now, 
tell you what, if, if the NHL had decent marketing, these two leagues would be at the top right now because they consistently have these great finals, especially now that, like Paul was saying, like now it's kind of, it's not Golden State anymore. I mean, that was kind of dead a couple of years ago, but like the Golden State, it, it's not dynasties now. It's so much parody in the league. It's so fun to watch. And one thing great is that the NBA playoffs aren't so predictable. Okay, for several years, one and two seeds. That's what you had in the conference finals. There were very, very rarely any upsets. Look at the conference finals this year. You have a two, three, four, and a five, I believe. No ones in the conference finals. So much variety. You only have one team that's a one or a two. You have a five seed that could very well make it to the NBA finals or win it. You don't see that in the NBA. You see that in the NHL. You see that in the NFL. You see that in baseball. The NBA has the worst track record in recent history with getting teams below a two seed into their finals and winning it. Now we are finally seeing major competitiveness in the NBA, which makes it fun. It's not very fun when it's super predictable. All right, real quick, I think this would be fun. Let's go through and say what team we want to win now. Like that, like having no real dog in this fight. What team? What team do you think is gonna win? What team do you want to win? I'll let Ryan start. He's he's the biggest NBA guy here. Want to win, and who's going to win the the, the championship at this point? Okay, well, yeah, starting off with want to win. Um, I've been riding with Phoenix pretty much these entire playoffs. I was I was a little bit into the Nets. I'm not gonna lie. I just enjoyed <laughs> watching that brand of basketball. Like those guys are just just play a very fun style of offense but anyways um so yeah i'm riding with the suns who i think will win um i mean i'm kind of porn i could easily see a situation where uh Giannis kind of just unlocks a new level and is able to uh to bring milwaukee which you know win for small market teams but i would so much rather see the phoenix suns come out but I, I guess I'll say the Bucks. That's that'll be my official prediction. I don't know about the Bucks yet. I like they've done a lot to to show us and like the way that um the way that um I don't know Giannis kind of learned to mesh with his team and play his style of basketball effectively and not try and do too much. He, you know, don't try and do things that you're not good at. He like he's stuck in his role and it worked out really well for the team and he showed like he can he can take over a game just in his own way. Not in the way we're kind of used to seeing like Kobe and some of those fun guards do, he, but he takes it over in his own way. So I could see that very well in terms of who, who's going to win. I, I hate to say this. I do, but I, I feel like I don't know why. I got a feeling the Clippers are going to do something weird this year. I hate it so much. I don't like the Clippers, but Kawhi can get kind of cold sometimes. Kawhi's kind of cold, and I could see him. I don't know. And Paul George has been playing a lot better. I could just, I could see the Clippers doing it. I definitely think their fate hinges on whether or not um, Kawhi makes his return. Yep, yep, yep. Because I, I personally really like Paul George, and I also love Reggie Jackson. Yeah, no, th- those are. Cool. But um, I don't think Paul George is enough to, and, and it's not just Paul George. You know, he's got some guys that have stepped up. I mean. Uh, man, what is it? Terrence Man? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the one that had the uh, the forty point game, and uh, I think it was the first game in Kawhi. Or, yeah, Kawhi's absence. But you know that was fun to watch, and they've gotten con- contributions. We already talked about Reggie Jackson, but I just if Kawhi doesn't come back, I don't know if that's they fair. really uh, just have enough firepower to put it together. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because teams always play a little bit better after like going through that kind of adversity because they kind of want to it's kind of cool like you can see them band together to try and counter the adversity and I think we've seen that with the Clippers as much. Uh, my hatred toward the Clippers is more about how the organization just rubs me the wrong way rather than the players cuz I actually like Paul George, I like Reggie Jackson, I like these guys. I actually like Kawhi a lot too. Mm-hmm. But um but anyways, I just I I think it's been cool to kind of watch them like I don't know, fight against that kind of... Now, now there's doubters. I mean, there have always been doubters with them, but they're kind of banding together. Uh, but I could see that. Like, I don't know. That, that That's a weird gut feeling, and I don't usually pull a poll and say things on my gut feelings. I'll just go with that, though. And I want... I'm, I'm kind of riding with the Suns, too, but I'm, I'm going to say the Hawks. I I love Trey Young right, this year, that. dude. I love how he took... That series where he just took the role of the villain against the Knicks was so cool. Like Tim just waving at the crowd and just oh, all of it was just was just movie level stuff. I love it. I love the Hogs. 
I'd like to say now that my favorite team at this point is the Hawks. And going into the conference semis, I was talking to Ryan and his roommate. And we were talking about who would we like to see win the championship the most, not who we thought. And I said Atlanta. And they said that shouldn't count because there's absolutely no way the Hawks are going to even make it to the NBA Finals because they're not going to get past Philly and Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn's not part of this anymore. They beat the 76ers. Now, I don't think Atlanta's going to win. I, that, that's just who I'd like to win. I think it's going to be Phoenix. Uh, they're about to go up 2-0 against the Clippers. Now, the Clippers were down in the first round of the playoffs to the Mavericks. They really should have lost that. That was very disappointing that my third favorite NBA team couldn't beat the Clippers. That was upsetting. And the Clippers are one of my least favorite teams. Like, the Brooklyn's out, Philly's out, LA's out, Golden State's out. All the enemies that I don't like are out, except for the Clippers. They need to go. But I think Phoenix beats the Bucks in the finals. But any of these four teams can win. This is very similar to the NBA playoffs. I think it was like three years ago where you had Cleveland, Boston, Houston, and Golden State. Both of those conference finals went to game sevens. I know it was another Cleveland Golden State, but it could have easily been a Houston Boston. And it wasn't like those game sevens were blowouts. They were both close games, if I remembered. Or at least Boston and Houston lost close games throughout that series. Any of those four teams going into that could have easily won that championship. They had harder roads, sure. I mean, they were the teams that lost. They weren't the better teams. But they could have won. And this year, we have the same thing. All four of these teams have a path to victory. Even if they go down 2-0, 3-1, they can come back. All these teams have the potential. It's such an exciting time to be an NBA fan. Okay, and I want to I wanna, I wanna talk about the NHL playoffs real quick because I know you guys haven't followed that quick. I, You guys probably don't know the Final Four, do you? I, I you, do not. Paul, okay, so... In the west we have, or in the east we have Tampa Bay and the Islanders, which is a fun matchup. That's so fun. Barry Trotz is leading that Islanders team, and in the west we have Vegas and the Canadians, the bottom seeded of the entire playoffs. Like they were, they were terrible. They barely made the playoffs. I mean, same with the, the Islanders. Were not a, they were not a lot to be in the playoffs, like three quarters of the way through the season. So we're seeing the same things over there, but um. Same question here. Who would you want to win? Who would you not want to win? I want to hear like the non-hockey opinions. Uh, so I think Tampa Bay is going to win it. But I I would I hate the Canadians, but I almost want the Canadians to win just to throw things off. I think it'd be hilarious. But I don't know. So it, it's an original six team, so I'll, I'll cheer for the Islanders. I want the Islanders to win. I think Tampa Bay is going to win. I mean, they won 8 nothing against the Islanders last night. That doesn't happen. People don't score eight goals. Happens once in a while. It shouldn't happen in the conference uh, finals. That's absurd, especially in a series that's tied to too. It's not like Tampa Bay was going to sweep New York, uh, but Tampa Bay is going to win the Stanley Cup. Let's be honest with ourselves, and they're going to face Vegas. I don't care if the Canadians win tonight, go up three two. They're just going to face Vegas, and if the Canadians win the Stanley Cup final, I'm going to cry. I do not want to see a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup finals until like 2050. The Canadians are up on uh, are up on Vegas three one right now with ten minutes left in the third. Like I said, the Canadians are going to go up three two. No one cares. E- even if they get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I will root for anybody over the Canadians. Literally, if the Blackhawks, I know. Oh no! Yeah. No 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 no. If the Blackhawks are playing the Canadians, I would root for them because I will not root for a single Canadian team to win that cup not because i don't like canadian teams but because the streak has gone on for so long that i like to see them suffer that was really weird that was really weird i yeah i am glad we don't have a a, a visual side to this podcast yet or else i think everyone would have just thrown up in their mouths a little he did a little eye roll after he looked he was so into that that i i'm actually scared right now I should not have posed this question to Paul. I should have known he had one weird take about the NHL. He always have weird takes about sports he doesn't really watch. All right, all right, Ryan, who you got? All right. Um. So as far as who I think is gonna win, 
I'm coming at this with absolutely no knowledge and just trusting the words that I've heard. So I'll say Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have much more analysis. Genuinely, than that. every time they're seventeen million dollars over the cap right now because the NHL has this loophole loophole where you can be over the cap in the playoffs. So what you do is you put a player on IR so their their cap hit is softer during the, the season and then they get on during. So it's it's kind of screwy. They're kind of screwing the system. But you have Victor Hedmond, uh, is the, one of the best power play quarterbacks and defensemen in the league. You have Steven Stamkos, just all of these, all of these elite guys. Like if you, if you spread Tampa Bay to two teams, they would still be two very good teams. That's how built and stacked this team is. But yeah, I, I Tampa Bay's gonna win. Okay, and as far as uh, who I want to win, um, I'll say Vegas because I like that they're they're an expansion team, right? Yeah, they are. I like that. That's that, that's. Dope. I really liked Vegas until I interacted with their fan base on Twitter. They're just the worst. <laughs> they're just the worst. They're like, it doesn't help that the Vegas fan account is like one of those like corporations who wants to be snooty and like think they're one of the kids, which always rubs me the wrong way. Just be a corporation. Like you can make jokes and stuff like that. Like I like I, even the Tigers one. Sometimes I'm like, all right, guys, like <laughs> come on. But at least they're a little goofy about it. They're not trying to be internet memers. It's, it just comes off. So I am cheering against Vegas purely because their social media bugs me. Understandable. <laughs> Which is fair. Okay. Anything else about the Pistons? I mean, I think we just – that entire conversation was just spurred about our pure hype for Kate Cunningham. Half an hour of pure hype about Kate Cunningham. I think we should do post-lottery – Pistons prediction seating and if they get to the playoffs how far do they go I mean I feel like that's we're gonna go kind of chalk here like yeah they're gonna I think they're gonna vie for a playoff spot and if they get there they'll get swept immediately and they won't go anywhere in the playoffs at all not even win a game I think they get the nine seed I think they beat the ten in the play-in and then end up losing to the seven specifically. I actually forgot that there was a. Um, I forgot about the plan. Duh. So I mean, they could very, very well f- fight for a for a plan spot. I guess then that's more reasonable. I I was just. I don't know. I I'm kind of with LeBron on this one. I do not understand the plans. It's so weird. It's just another way to boost ratings. It was an excuse so they could have Lakers and and Golden State out there. What are they doing with this NBA expansion? This is not necessary, okay? Are you trying to tell me that a 9 or a 10 seed in any conference within the next 50 years is going to win the NBA Finals? Hell no. That's not going to happen. This is just a money grab, okay? You can make an argument that some 5, 6, or 7 seed could win the NBA championship and could possibly be the best team in the NBA. You're not going to find the best team in the NBA in the lower half of teams, and this isn't like 15-16 lower half. No, this is 1920. These teams are not ever going to win the NBA championship unless there's like three superstars injured and they manage to get the 10 seed. Other than that, there's absolutely no scenario. Okay, repeat this 50 years from now. See if a 9 or 10 seed's won the championship. I bet you they haven't. He is so fired up about this right now. See, it's because he it's because he knows he has an actual point with this one. Because we were talking about the um, the uh, NHL playoffs, we were arguing about that last week before the show, and he didn't really have a good point with this one. And I think he's just happy because he does have a point. Because there is no way a, a ten seed will ever win. It's just not gonna happen. And like you said, unless like it's unless it is like the Lakers and Anthony Davis and LeBron are both injured, and like the team has to be carried by some one of the bums. It's like. That's the only case, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about the expansion. It's kind of weird me out. I mean, this is one of the best chances we'd have. We had Golden State and L.A. in this, and they were the 7 and the 8. They weren't even the teams getting expanded to. We're talking about the 9 and 10 seeds here. They're never going to win. And look at the NBA track record, okay? Not just the last few years, but like the last, I don't know, 40 years. Do you see a lot of teams below the four seed win? No, it does not happen. You can look up the data. Go ahead. You can look it up. And you know what you're going to see? You're going to see a bunch of top end teams win. If there's any sport, any sport that does not need an expansion, 
it's the NBA. Absolutely no reason for it. Lower seeds do horrible in the NBA playoffs. Worse out of all four major sports. He's so mad right now. He's furious. He's quivering with anger. It's so... Oh my god, I've never seen you fired up about something that isn't... I enjoyed that, Paul. It was nice. I it really was, did. It was gifted. I, I wasn't even looking up your stats because I have an implicit implicit trust in your knowledge, Paul. No, I, I you do have a point, though, honestly. Like, I don't know. It, the, you are right. Like, the NBA is not one where you go and see a, a, an eight seed. Like, if an eight seed upsets a one seed, that's like, whoa. But that usually never happens because the one seeds are so stacked. It's like, bro, why are we bringing in others? Like, come on. It's good the way it is. The NBA playoffs is pretty legit. Like, except for a few dynasties. I don't know. I don't know. It's just odd. Um, really quickly before we trail off again. So my prediction for the Pistons. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually uh, kind of formulated this, like, as you were asking the question. So before Paul answered. But I also thought that we were going to shoot for, you know, that kind of nine seed. Um, although I, I don't know. I could see them losing in the playing game, but the way they have it seeded with like the seven eight and the nine ten, I mean they will be playing a lower seed, so you know who knows. That could be cool to see actual uh, Pistons playoff basketball, but um, I I think they'll just. I really don't have much more uh, insight until we kind of get more of an idea of, I guess the opening day roster as a whole and like. I don't know, just kind of like the direction, more clarity for uh, what this next year's team is going to look like. So so for now, I kind of just uh, really only feel comfortable saying I think they'll be a fringe playoff team. Can you imagine how fun that uh, a potential play-in game would be? Because here's the thing. like, the, Here's the nice thing about being like an underdog in the playoffs when you have a future. It's like if you if you win – it's crazy. It's a crazy upset. You were well, I guess with the plane, it wouldn't be as much. But like, you're an upset. You're you're this team that went from like worst to first. And even if you lose, you still have like joy in your heart because you know that like this is just the beginning. Like a playoff, a a play-in game here would be the beginning of something. Not like trailing at the end. Not even the middle. Like this is the start of something crazy. Yeah, and as much as I hate the play-in. Playoffs are playoffs. If you get your team to the playoffs and you can start competing for a championship, that gets you momentum. Is it realistic if they get the 9 or 10 seed that they're going to win the NBA championship? Absolutely not. They will not win a single playoff game. But it's momentum going into the future. And any rebuilding team that gets to the playoff should use that. Now, if you're a former dynasty like Golden State and you're going into the 8 seed, that's kind of disappointing especially getting knocked out. But the Pistons, that's exactly what they need. It's just a playoff game. They don't even have to win one. Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely agree. Um, you kind of think about uh, a term that gets thrown around a lot, meaningful games. You know, when was the last time the Pistons have been in a meaningful game? So even if it's it's a, you know, a play-in game where the, the odds are stacked against you in terms of like just long-term playoff outlook, just playing that meaningful game, you know, a game that – does mean something towards like, like your your end goal i guess um that would just be really exciting because that's just i mean not something i've really seen much of since i became a pistons fan i mean i watched uh, i wouldn't even count that playoffs i watched the thing. them get swept by the bucks but yeah like watching that's about it watching those playoff games i think i watched one or two like that's how much i care like i that just seemed like a series that like there wasn't hope no matter what if they somehow like, we were even cheering for, like, one or two games. If they somehow upset the Bucks, they would just get killed the next round. Like, there wasn't, like, a maybe they make a little run. It was kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of Blake's payment for carrying the team. And that's all it was. It was really kind of like, oh, Blake did a great job this year with the team, and he led the team. Good for him. It wasn't, like, no excitement for the future, no anything. And a potential even loss would just be so fantastic, just in a playoff game, just to have that experience. And when's the last time the Pistons won a playoff game? Seriously, they got swept by the Bucks. I know like 2009 or 2010, after they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they got swept by LeBron and the Cavs before he went to Miami. I think they made it to it one other time in between. I don't know if they won a game in there. They were either the 7 or the 8 seed if they did make it. I have absolutely no clue the last time the Pistons won a playoff game. It would have been that Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. 
this is a team that could use a playoff win. I mean, not as much as the Lions, but almost. Uh, yeah, I it's that would just be so cool, and I don't know it. I've not seen a, like I can't wait to. I haven't really gotten a chance to like scroll over the Twitter feed, but I that is one of my favorite things to do after kind of like these rejuvenating things that happen is just to see, and it's gonna be weird seeing hope because like even going into this like in a thing where it's objectively just chance, people were so negative about like oh here we go another Detroit team pick and to finally have like the counter to that finally go on the timeline and just see hope and see like those those memes where it's like uh, james harden wearing a piston jersey just the ridiculous ones and, and just kind of ha- like instead of complete jokes it's like all right maybe we get a superstar now this isn't a joke anymore like we're actually a team that is trending upwards oh i'm so excited and it's it's kind of a weird feeling just uh just thinking about how you know national eyes will be on the pistons now like coverage will be uh you know plentiful something that we just don't get very often and just i guess seeing the the Woj tweet about um how Cade cunningham is only going to visit um in detroit after they got the you know the pick um that's just that, that just like i could oh. not recall a single moment besides i guess maybe the, the blake trade where uh it just felt like you know everybody was interested in what was happening with the pistons they weren't just another team that was kind of trying to claw back into the postseason, like in the shadows, you know, they're going to get the spotlight for once. And I'm just excited to kind of uh, feel that a little bit. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And and like, I don't know, just because we've had like decent things in Detroit. We've had decent like players develop like Sadiq Bay, I guess is the closest thing we had the past two years to like some sort of eyes on it, but it's just like a different ball game now. Like, we're to the point where the NBA will tune in. We'll see Sports Center tweet about what Cade Cunningham just did in a game. Oh, like yeah. it'll be like Zion's uh, freshman year, or like these guys who like came into the league and were projected as like next level guys. Like it's just gonna be crazy. I'm I'm unreasonably excited for it. And when's the last time we've seen any Detroit teams be the spotlight in their sport for good things? Like. Not for bad things, not for being the worst team in baseball or hockey or firing your GM and head coach or trading away your star quarterback. Those aren't good news. Like, they can be trending for a a good future, but it's not good news. But this is is inherently good. Cade Cunningham is an inherently good thing for the spotlight of Detroit media. Okay, the Tigers... Last time they were important, 2012 World Series. I know they made the playoffs. The last two years after that wasn't huge. Red Wings have not been in national spotlight since they made the cup finals in 09. Lions are never in the spotlight. They haven't been for the last 30 years and probably won't be for the next 10. So we finally get the Pistons. You know, we're getting somebody. And we were eventually going to. The Tigers or the Red Wings were eventually going to crawl out of their grave and make a playoff run or get a superstar on their team but we don't want to wait for that now we have it all right and i'm not gonna lie we kind of just we had to watch an ending to a fantastic game i i'm glad we did we just pulled up the suns and the clippers the suns were leading for you know a lot of the night but then we we checked while we were recording clippers were up by one but uh one of the crazier endings to definitely probably the craziest ending of this playoff so far one of them last minute alley-oop an inbounds alley-oop for phoenix to win the game just insane that was awesome yeah and that was just such a well-run play and, that was one of the best what design a, plays what a cap off to just just an incredible night for us that, I, I mean yes <laughs> yes that was so cool to watch right here just kind of you know DeAndre and pulling it pulling it out right at the end. I don't know. That was cool to watch. Nice little break sick. from from our uh, from all of our additions. It's it's fit it's fitting for yeah our kind of our conversation. We're talking about I, I don't know just the excitement around the NBA right now, and then we have that finish. It just kind of confirms what we were saying. That's what yeah that's what's kind of fun. Um, so we're gonna kind of skip over the lines today. Honestly, uh, we'll get into them next week with our roundtable, but. This week, there wasn't really anything. I mean, we're in the throes of the offseason. July is probably the quietest month for the uh, NFL, or June and July. 
just because you know i mean camps will be starting soon whatever but for now we're just kind of stuck with the schedules that's all we have to look at so let's talk about the uh, red wings real quick um red wings are kind of in the position that uh that the Pistons are in now, except, you know, a lot less exciting <laughs> with them. Even if they got the number one overall, it wouldn't be as exciting. But, yeah, with the Red Wings right now, basically it's just off-season moves, some trade rumors that are happening. Um, the biggest thing with prospects, I guess, is Albert Johansson, which is one of the better uh, guys in SHL this season. He was kind of overshadowed by uh, Moritz Sider's insane season. But he had a good little season over in uh, the SHL. I thought he was ready to come over, but... It's got another year to develop, so I mean we've seen what that can do to, to prospects. So I'm you know I'm fine with it, but mainly what I've been doing as a Red Wings fan right now is just keeping a very very close eye on on these prospects developing. I've got a few that I really have my eyes on. What I might do is like a top five next time, or or probably closer to the draft. That way I can get a uh, can get like a good look at it. But for now, all I'll say is I really like William Eklund as a prospect. I, I love him so much. Uh, another Swede, by the way. Uh, so let's get into the uh, Tigers now. Not much with Red Wings. Not with, uh, the Pistons is the big news here, okay? So let's get into the Tigers because technically they've been playing. They have. Last week they swept Kansas City. Didn't really do much for them. But because they lost 3-4 of four to L.A. Not sure they had the run into Shoei Otani, who was... An absolute madness against the Tigers. But they got the last win in the series. Had a day off yesterday. Today they just beat St. Louis 8-2. to Really not much going on. I mean, they've been two games above 500 since their 9-22 start. But the one thing to know, from July 5th to August 1st, the Tigers played 25 total games. All 25 of those games are against teams that currently have a losing record. 22 of those 25 are against teams that have a worse record than the Tigers. It is possible by the end of the trade deadline on July 31st for the Tigers to be 500 or better and to be in the playoff hunt. It is not unreasonable. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But I expect them to have a winning record during that time. And that could influence the trade deadline, which I'd hate to see. So I've got a few things to say right now, Paul, okay? So I'll start off with the easiest here. Uh, like, I think you actually were right in the fact that that stretch, because I didn't know that, honestly, that will affect the trade deadline, actually. Like, if they have a... I, they're not getting back to 500, I don't think. Like, they have to... What, what, 20... They have to win so many games for that to happen. That's just not happening. Um, they're not getting back to 500. But more importantly, Paul, you kind of missed something big that happened out west. The, the kind of the thing that's been exciting. Matt Manning. Come on now. We got a, we got a nice little rookie star. That was fun. That was. But I feel like Otani was mentioned because I was watching the game with Ryan. And Otani was mentioned so much during that night since he started that you almost forgot that Matt Manning played. I'll be honest. I did. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't know. The, it was kind of overshadowed. And my thing with Matt Manning is I'm kind of one of the few Detroit fans. I, I, like, I thought I thought this would be more, not a majority opinion. I thought more people would feel this way. But, yeah, I just, I'm not 100% sure that Matt Manning was ready for that start. He was not doing great in, in the double A's. He, I mean, he wasn't horrible, but, he, you know, he didn't look amazing. Um, the one thing I will say, though, that kind of changed my mind was during the broadcast, like, and what I've read, too, it seemed like a lot of that decision had to do with his maturity level. Like, he seemed like a mature guy who was ready to be there already, like, day one. Like, he got in there, and he, you know, a lot of poise for the players he was he was pitching at. I just don't think the Tigers had many other options. Because most teams don't bring up a guy who's in the minors pitching with over an 8 ERA. That's a bad major league ERA. That is a horrible major league ERA. That's what he's doing in the minors. And I know there's not actually too big of a difference between minor and major league talent in some cases. But I don't want to bring up a guy who has over an 8 ERA. But he did He did have a good outing, you know. They lost because they were going against a better team that night. 
I, I think he could stay with the team, make a couple more starts. He can't be a permanent core, though. It's not good enough. Not yet. Well, I, I know I saw a lot of fans who, who were kind of like, um, maybe bring Matt Manning up for the sole purpose of getting to work with Chris Fetter and, and getting to work with, you know, just... That's fair. Because he's, he's been doing an awesome job this year. But, like, at the same time, it's... Without a doubt, I think he would have uh, benefited just from spending a little more time uh, working on some of those off-speed pitches. You know, I, he threw, I think, like 70-plus percent fastballs in that game. So it, it'll it be interesting to see. And, you know, obviously I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. But um, I do think the situation he found himself in wasn't necessarily ideal. You know, he's in the majors, but... But more out of necessity than yeah. I guess I guess I failed to acknowledge that that like it, it's not just because they called him up just because like it, it the the hand the organization's hand was kind of forced with the situation they're in right now. But I don't know. Like you said, I just I I hate saying like generic sports platitudes, but it really does fit here. He just needs more MLB stuff. Like he doesn't throw a lot of MLB stuff yet. The, the stuff that's in Major League Baseball. He throws a lot of minor league balls. He can throw a mean strike, but like. He, he just needs to diversify his toolkit and kind of lean into those off-speed pitches a bit more. Because, like, I mean, he can throw a decent off-speed pitch when he you know, when he's on. But I, I don't know. I, ju- I just like to see him diversify. I don't think he's an MLB player yet. I think what the Tigers need to do is get a better pitching core. You know, I think they need to get a better starting rotation. It's not that their starting rotation is bad. They have a fairly good starting rotation. But it's not deep. It's... Th- four or five guys and that's about it these other teams they have a deeper rotation sure not all those guys are with the majors they're the minors a couple of them but that's what a deep starting rotation looks like your starters aren't in the bullpen for the season you know i just think the red wings just need a new first line just go and get them in the first line that's how silly that sounded paul i hope you acknowledge that like you can't just say i think they need duh what are you, what are you, Booger McFarlane? Like, I, like, that was the most Magic Johnson Twitter thing I've ever heard you say. Like, yeah, yeah, they need a better starting rotation. Okay, like, that's just a I, thing. I, I guess I see, I mean, I guess I understand your your point was kind of like that, but they also kind of need a, that better core to grow around. But I I, I like the, the pieces, some of the pieces they have in place. I actually and... don't hate this core. Like, like yeah, I think that... I, I, obviously, I'm not going to say no to one more piece. Like, if they end up being, like, the first or second, you know, pick and they snag another top end Well, pitcher. they have the third pick for the July draft. Oh, it's already locked in? Mm-hmm. Shows you how much I know about the freaking <laughs> MLB draft. Wow, I did not know that. That's why I'm not the Tiger Specialist here. Well, uh, I didn't know that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I might have to start diving. Yeah. I love diving we'll get We'll get Paul to do some, uh, some player profiles. Paul and we'll I see, will see what Paul can together. dig up. I will, like, I'll buy, I'll bribe Paul with Popeyes to, like, get him to do something. I'll buy him food and be like, you're going to sit down and watch tape with me, all right, Paul? Because I love watching tape so much. I've watched so much Red Wings tape this season. But that's actually kind of interesting. But, like, I get what you're saying, Paul, is that I don't think – I think what you meant to say, you just said it in, in not maybe not the best phrasing. It's just like the core isn't finished yet. I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Is this this core specifically with the pitching rotation is not finished yet? Because Tariq Skubal had a really good year last year, but he's kind of you know he's taking a step back this year. Let's be honest. He has rebounded nicely. He still does look decent at points, but he's kind of taking a step back. And uh, Casey Mize obviously is like the the he looks like the guy at this point. Like, I, I don't want to overhype, but we're finally seeing that stuff that we wanted last year. In the year, You know, like, we're seeing the stuff we drafted him for. He looks like a, a – almost looks like a first overall pick now. Like, he he's getting to that point where I think he is going to be an ace eventually. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, they just all need help. The entire lineup needs help. Like, they're still not batting good. Like, the Tigers still are not a good batting team. I don't think pitching is like necessarily the biggest flaw on the team right now. Actually, I'd, I'd say that that's one of the not strong points with the injuries, but I, that I don't know. I feel like the pitching core is okay. And yeah, to your point about uh, I guess like the offensive side of Detroit, um, they aren't batting good collectively, but they do have a few guys who have been um, I don't know, just showing out a little bit, just a few bright spots along that uh, that lineup. 
Um, it seems Akil Badu's um, not necessarily returning to that form he was for like the first stretch of play, but he seems to be kind of finding himself. Again. Well, yeah, and I I think the most uh, kind of exciting part about um, about what he's been able to do um, at this point is it's it's more uh, sustainable, and it's more like it's kind of the uh, the professional at bats that you're looking for. Like obviously his historic start was anything but sustainable and we all knew he was going to come back down but the way he's been able to bounce back and you know you have to remember with Akil Badu he spent so little time in the minor leagues just because he was that uh rule five draft pick and uh the Tigers had to elevate him to the uh active roster to keep him so he's he's kind of figuring it out just at at the the yeah on the at the highest level um and so I think that says a lot about his maturity and and just his his ability to uh, adapt and I guess persevere in some of those like you know the situation he found himself earlier this year where he went however many at bats without getting a hit so yeah so definitely some exciting stuff from Akil that and that's a good way to put it too because you, you're right like anyone who's watched baseball or even has an understanding of the sport knows that he wasn't just magically like rule five draft picks don't come in year one and consistently like put up mike trout type things like that's just not something that happens but the fact that he's battled back and now like because again a lot of that first was just like he is a good player he's a powerful hitter and pitchers just weren't used to seeing the stuff so now that they see the you know the kind of player keel badu is and now that he's rebounding from that he's fighting he's making mlb at bats like it's not just it's not just because the pitcher's never seen it. It's not because he doesn't know his hot zones, his cold zones. It's genuinely because he's fighting pitchers and looks like a like a hitter now. So yeah, I I really like to see that progression from Akil Badu. He's again, it's a rule for a rule five draft pick, man. I that is so fun. That is such a fun story, and it's cooled down a little bit because that historic start finally ended. But still, like you said, it's it's great to see him battle back right now. Yeah, I always hate to be disappointed with... This happens all the time. You get a great hitter or a great pitcher. They come up to the majors, and they're great for a week or two. But then you start watching a little bit of film on them, and you can read them very well. And that's sort of happening to Akio Badu. But now, he didn't continue to play like a minor leaguer. He's playing like a major leaguer, like you said. Yeah. He has earned his spot on team, which is good, because if he continued down the track he was going on, he probably would end up in the Twins organization. But now, this Rule 5 draft pick, he's probably going to end up being with the Tigers the whole season, and it's going to be worthwhile for the Tigers, so good for them. Is there any other Tigers news? Or I, I think that's it. I, I was just gonna quickly uh, mention Jonathan Scope because he does continue. He has been continuing his uh, um, just high level of offensive play, and I don't know. I don't think many of us were expecting anything like this. It's kind of fun to see, you know. Uh, it looks like Paul has some thoughts about it. I would love to hear him, Paul. Yeah, I mean Jonathan Scope it looks like the favorite to be the Tigers All Star selection. Keep in mind that every team is guaranteed at least one All Star selection, uh, so. Yeah, Alex is booing that. I completely agree. I think it should be the best players that go to the All-Star game. But at the same time, the All-Star game doesn't mean anything for the regular season. So it it does do fan service. Like, every fan can enjoy the All-Star game because there is a player from every team. But when they were playing for home field advantage, then they definitely shouldn't have been doing that. But make sure you go out and vote for the Tigers. Vote for Casey Mize. Vote for Johnson Scope. Vote for Miggy. Miggy's doing a lot better. Miggy might end the season with a 250 average. I, like I was completely going off on how Miggy should be released a couple weeks ago. This guy is anything but releasable at this point. I mean, he's batting like over 300 in the month of June or somewhere near that. So the Tigers are in a decent shape. We'll see what happens. I don't expect anything major. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot that Jonathan Scope's actually doing kind of decent now. And same with Miggy. I guess that's been kind of under talk because it's better to, you know, it, it's this way with sports. It's this way with politics. It's this way with everything. But, like, when you hear something that fits your narrative and fits the, the common narrative, like, it makes sense. So, like, when Miggy was doing bad, it fit the narrative that, like, he's overpaid. He's a, and people focused and honed in on 
now that he's kind of looking like a decent player, that's not going to get talked about. It's not as fun. It's not as, like, narrative fitting. So it is nice to see because I think I speak for a lot of Detroit fans um, when I say he's still, he still holds a good place in our hearts. Like, even those who wanted, who are more extreme like Ball, who wanted him bought out now today. And I don't necessarily blame that because logically I think that's fair. But, like, even those guys, I, th I think, want to see Miggy succeed. Like, he's a, he's a great guy, he's a fun player, and it's good to see him kind of back on track. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The whole, all, all the teams get a player. I, that just annoys me. I don't know. It annoys me more than it should because I don't care about the MLB that much except for the Tigers. But it's like, what? Jonathan Scope is not an all-star, bro. It's like, it's same thing with the NHL. Like, the NHL does this too. Like, Tyler Bertuzzi was an all-star a couple years ago. I love Tyler Bertuzzi. He's not an all-star. That's just odd. I'd actually say that Jonathan, Jonathan Scope has put up all-star numbers. Like, they're fairly good. You're looking them up here real quick. Let's see what you got. I think he's hitting 270 range. And 260. Two, oh, 260. Yeah, uh, let me pull up. Let me make sure that's this. And then year. what, like 13 home runs? Something like that? Yeah, so it's definitely, you know, it's nothing to uh that, that's, to a decent, at. Uh, that's a decent that's a decent Yeah, 270. Yeah, you're right. 274. So that's pretty good. Yeah. 13 home runs. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem right that like <laughs> that Jonathan Scope's just going to be at the same level. That I, I guess that's because when I think of All-Stars, I think of like the NBA's and uh, NFL's All-Star games cuz just those are the ones I watch the most. Those are like the most upfront and like those are genuinely the best players in the league mostly. Like they're top-end players. Like Patrick Mahomes, and I like how NFL does it too. I think a lot of them do that, but like it reflects if they're having a nice season. Like you have like Jared Goff's an All Star one year just because he had a great season, so it just makes it a little less special. It's just Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. <sighs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, it makes me ill, dude. Oh my god. I think Kirk I Cousins and Matthew Stafford were in the quarterback room at the same time too. Is that not just kind of gross? Hey, once Mitch Trubisky's had a good season, like a good season, okay? Like, he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's not. There, there are several better, probably about thirty, but he he could be a starter. I don't know. He could be around the thirty-one, thirty-two range. No, <laughs> no, no. Trubisky's garbage. Trubisky's hot garbage, bro. He he's he's so bad. Like. His defense, any quarterback, it's a, it's like an even more reasonable, because I always say this with Jared Goff, like I think a lot of teams could have been good with that Rams offense. Like if you have the Bears defense, you basically are a distributor, which is weird to me because you hate distributors, Paul. I think you're just taking a weird hot take here, okay, Paul? I guess it's not that hot of a take, but you just want to defend Mitchell Trubinsky right now, and it's making me kind of sick. I put, I said Mitchell Trubisky is worse than at least 30 NFL quarterbacks. I wouldn't say I'm defending him at the moment. But I would also take this guy over Mac Jones. But I would take just about anything over Mac Jones. I would take uh, Matt Patricia at quarterback over Mac Jones. Why does it always turn back to Mac Jones slander with you, Paul? Anything we talk about, it goes back to how much you hate the man. God, it's genuinely it genuinely worries me how much you hate Mac Jones. I'd be thrilled to see Mac Jones succeed. Like, this guy... I mean, you've seen the photos and the memes of him, with him and... Uh, oh, who's that wide receiver from Alabama? Devontae Smith. Yeah, him and Devontae Smith. Oh, they are the... They look like the least athletic people on earth, yet they were two Heisman finalists and almost entirely have athletic bones in their body. But the pictures you get they don't look anything near like an nfl player it kind, of, it kind of reminds me of tom brady from the nfl combine photos it just look that's not an nfl quarterback but if he's a great nfl quarterback great he's not going to be but i'd love it what a stream of consciousness that was holy lord i don't i don't even know what just happened how did, how did we even get on this topic <laughs> All stars to Mitch Trubinsky to freaking Mag Jones every time. I feel like that's a good place to end the podcast here. I think we're at this point. We're just gonna go on about and 
we haven't found it yet, but Paul and I would eventually find an argument to just get unreasonably mad at each other about because it always happens. So let's just stop now while we still love each other. Thanks for listening to Motown Megacast. Uh, go follow the Twitter at mmegacast. Go follow us on Twitter too. Paul, you'll see top tens list. What's your what's your at one more time, Paul? At Paul underscore Cassell. I just made a new list of Pixar films, so you can go check that out. Not related, but you know. I definitely did not hit you with the like here because I didn't like it. I haven't seen Luca, but you did not have love for Luca, so I don't know what's going on there. That was it trash. No, Luca wasn't trash. I mean, when we're talking about there's 24 Pixar films and you have Luca around the 14, 15 range, that's not bad. Okay, this is Pixar we're talking about. This isn't DreamWorks. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, that's that's a better fight. Okay, all right. Well, all right, Ryan, what's your Twitter? Um, at Ryan Caloris. R-Y-A-N-C-O-L-O-R-E-S. Let's go. We'll see. You go on there. I think you'll probably see some. Have you retweeted CMU Baseball or was that just me? I was in love with CMU's baseball um, I, I followed CMU baseball loosely, kind of. Okay, all right. Well, go hit him with a follow anyways, and then go follow me. I'll just tweet inordinate amounts of Red Wings things. So if you don't like the Red Wings, just follow Paul instead to see this. All right, thanks for listening, guys.